Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in on a little bit of everything with me, your host, Angelica. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in and welcome back to a little bit of everything with me. My guest today is a successful professional that has been in the insurance industry for 25 years. And he is here to share his story about his journey with dyslexia. Welcome, Josh, to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm feeling a little bit under the weather just in case my listeners are like, oh my God, what's what's going on with me? No, I did not get a voice change. It's just temporarily because of my sickness, but <laughs> I'm ready to roll. I'm so excited. I just want to scream. All right. But um, just for any uh, everyone that's listening, I just want to say Josh and I met on an app called iDyslexia. Awesome. I'm glad that's what you were looking for. I dyslexic. I might be saying it wrong. My goodness. <laughs> and we yeah. were what we share about our daily struggles with dyslexia. We share articles, things that are, you know, improving in the community of, of dyslexia. And, you know, we meet so many people around the world and it's just a fantastic app where we can just, um, how can I say it? Be as one. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, a pretty interesting concept. I, I, forgot the guy uh i think it's brendan um on the you know you see him floating around the app yeah made it and his concern was his his kids or one of his kids is dyslexic and he was trying to implement or create a way to better communicate with the teachers and him and this and the student yeah for the uh i think he's in ireland actually yeah he um, is and yeah and the uh so it was a great idea. And, you know, I joined, I saw a picture of one of their ads on either Facebook or the internet somewhere. And it said for people struggling with dyslexic kids and then kids, teachers and stuff. So I kind of joined thinking that it was more geared towards people with dyslexia, but it is, it is, I'm not saying it's not, but you know, it's also um, students from, very young to to older mm-hmm. uh, adults, students, and teachers and professionals, other pro- professionals, whether they be coaches or uh, counselors, schools. I would imagine school psychologists and parents yeah. for sure. There is a and they lot. They ask questions and post information. A lot of, a lot of yeah, pretty cool, pretty good idea. And it's pretty I like the you know, we're just going right at the beginning. It's new. Yeah, no, so for if sure. You, if you can hunt it out and join it, it's it's pretty pretty great platform uh, good things should happen with it yeah it's such a great platform and i agree with you like there's so many people involved that you can just learn and teachers can learn from our stories and our point of view of what we were taught and kind of change the ways of you know being able to um i don't know how to say it in a nice way like um i don't know if i'm saying i'm not i'm not sure if i'm choosing my words properly but just going to wing it like deal with somebody with dyslexia and you know kind of understand us better to help the future generation that's that's true and yeah that's i think you said it i believe you said it correctly you know that's that's been where when you somebody listening here 
thing. What the heck are they doing? They're, I'm not sure if I'm saying this correctly or this is all part of it. It is. And you say things, the words don't necessarily match the feelings, the intent of what you want to express mm -hmm. um, as well as in writing, as well as spoken. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a, uh, that's real life right there. Uh, yeah, it's uh, real life. Yeah. But I'm excited to have you on because you've got a great story, a journey that we obviously we still continue on. It's not dyslexia for those who don't know. It's not something that it can be cured in like a span of three years, for example, or overnight. It's an ongoing. It's part of who we are as a person. It's part of who we are with our personality we can practically do the same thing like anyone else but we just do it in a different way or it will take us a bit longer but we will eventually get there yeah and it, it, it a bit longer sometimes sometimes you know, not, not always <laughs> you know, it, it's um one of one of the things that i always try to when i'm on this group and um I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here, but is, is always let people know that this this is forever. This is the way you are. Yep. It's, it's not it's not a bad thing. It's not a a good thing. It's it's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. And um, people talk about learning disability, and and then you have other folks saying, "No, it's a learning difference." Well, difference, disability, whatever. It's the way you are. Yeah. And the disability portion of it comes in is really only because of the time we live in and, and the environment in which, you know, kind of Western world has evolved mm -hmm. where you become so focused on you got to do well in school in this format and you've got to read and you've got to write. And if it's not perfect, your, your point is lost. And um, you know, I, I don't think that really ever existed, you know, the last I don't know, couple hundred years. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and uh, you know, you once you get out of that environment, you see people with dyslexia or any learning disability really do very well. Oh, and, for sure. Um, so yeah, the disability portion is is it's a misnomer, but it's probably the best way to look at it. Um, but go ahead, turn it back over to you. <laughs> I can be verbose. No, hey, um, I appreciate that because like um, when I was growing up and when I was diagnosed, it was it was named as learning disability. You have a learning disability. But then when we go to the specialist, I remember because these are times when obviously they stick to your head forever and ever. Um, it was OK. Yeah, you have a dyslexia. And then it's like then they'll go back to learning disability, dyslexia learning disability right. I'm like okay what is it so it's both they're both all right. the same okay i got it <laughs> but yeah go ahead no no i said yeah i was agreeing with you yeah yeah, yeah for sure so it's like confusing yeah. sometimes and you're just like i don't know what i have but i know that's how it's portrayed here in canada and it's like okay there's learning right. disability and then there's a whole bunch underneath it so dyslexia dysgraphia um, H, um, ADHD, and then there's it just keeps going. Yeah. The um, you know, I was diagnosed when I was. I don't remember. Okay, mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you. I don't remember. I can't say I'm. I was this old. I was very young. I was, I was in second or third grade. 
mm-hmm. and I stayed back in second grade. And that's the really the kind of the first thing I remember where things weren't, and I was different. Yeah. Um, had been going to get extra help for reading, and um, yeah, I remember staying back in second grade, and then fourth grade, I started, in, I was put into a special class mm-hmm. um, f- with other learning disabled students, and this is back in the 70s, yeah. um, so it was, uh, that's a hint in my age, I'm 50, and I think it's important to let everybody know that, because if you're a parent now, things are really different, mm-hmm. um, and don't worry, it'll be okay, your yeah. kid's okay. Um, I made it, they'll make it, no worries. Exactly. The, so, yeah, where was I? You were talking about um, your diagnosis, so when you're in fourth grade? Oh yeah, and uh, it, it was just, you're, you have a learning disability. Yeah. And then I remember hearing the word specified learning disability or specific learning disability, I don't, I don't remember exactly the, the tense there. And, the, and then as I got older, in high school, somebody, the um, psychologist, I think it was a freshman in school, says so it's dyslexia. Mm-hmm. And um, so labels, you know, yeah, it is what it is. That's what it was then. Everything was a learning disability. Everything was dyslexia. And then as I got older, I had a, I needed to get some uh, software at work. I wanted to get a Dragon Naturally Speaking. And I had to get a note from a doctor, my current doctor, wouldn't write it because he didn't diagnose me and I called the school and then by that time I had been out um, like several months after they had destroyed it because of uh, the retention document retention policies they kept it for so many years and then destroyed the records mm-hmm. and I called college and so I got tested again in college and um, all my records were destroyed in a flood Oh my gosh! And, uh, so we're talking pre-computers, database stuff here, <laughs> and then um, the uh, not my scores and things, but just the um, the learning disability portion of it. Yeah. And so I went. So I had to go see a I went to see a neuropsychologist, mm-hmm. and I took the whole test again, which is it's not fun, um, but I did it, and uh, it said it's dyslexia and dysgraphia. And attention deficit disorder, whatever the, there's different types. Yeah. You know, you have the hyper, the hyper type and the non-hyper. I don't remember. I don't know specifically what it is, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's where I am. The, and uh, what, else, what else are we going to talk about there? Well, you, well, you found out, you were able to find out that you had dyslexia, dysgraphia, and yeah. um could you say like ADHD? Yeah, ADHD, okay. right? Yeah. So what is dysgraphia for those who don't know? Okay. Well, the the dysgraphia there it's like dyslexia, um it's a word that has many interpretations and applications from what I've learned and read, but for me it's or disorder of written expression. Now, I don't have any type of um, brain injury that that is causing this. I didn't get hurt. My hands aren't hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't suffer any type of tra- trauma. There's no other 
reason for the problem I have, but I can't spell. Uh, my grammar is, is her terrible. And let's say sometimes I, I, I get like a now I'm stuttering, but when writing, you kind of freeze up and, and you, you're not sure where you're going with what you're trying to say. And then the, the physically, the part of it is my penmanship is just atrocious. Like I can't even read my own writing. Mm-hmm. I'll look at a word that I just wrote and I, I have, you know, I'd, I'd say that is not what I just Yeah, it happens I mean, to me sometimes. It's, it's the stereotypical, uh, you see, which isn't true, by the way, um, backwards letters or letters out of order, which mm-hmm. does happen, but it's just awful penmanship. Yeah. It's awful. Like if I went to Catholic school, my, the nuns would just break rulers all, all over me, you know. <laughs> um, but it, it it's it's really comical unless it's bad you know like important your work or school mm-hmm. or something like that um so everybody said it should be a doctor you know like that like <laughs> think like that when you see a doctor right yeah you don't but, yeah. um <laughs> yeah so that's that's to me that's what for me that's what this graph is yeah um no and i i know that other people have different types and there's just like dyslexia dyslexia can be very slow reading it could be reading where they don't understand poor comprehension maybe they can only read out loud maybe they can only read silently that type of thing yeah no for sure thank you for explaining that but um going back to you said it was the second grade yeah so in the second um so in the second grade um how did it affect you do you remember what you felt when when you weren't like for example for me when i when i was in grade one i knew when i was well put on the spot can you read this page in the book i was just like in my mind this is not happening like you knew i knew for myself that i couldn't read the words off of that book and i felt obviously embarrassed and horrible do you remember how you felt when you noticed these little um, things yes i i couldn't couldn't read couldn't read I mean, that's plain and simple. Um, could I sound out a word? Yes. Mm-hmm. But could I read a sentence? No. Could I read word, a sentence word by word? Probably. Uh, I don't really remember doing that, but, you know, I, I'm not saying I couldn't. Um, but, yeah, you get that that everybody's looking at you feeling. You got the sweat, that that mm-hmm. hot neck, you know, coming up yeah. the back of your – you just want to curl up into a ball and disappear. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that really – that's the the feeling that I remember the most is the um, embarrassment. It's, it's not embarrassing like you slip and fall and, or you drop something when you shouldn't, but it, it's a different type of embarrassing. I don't yes. know exactly how to put it into words. It's it, it, the um, I just remember as a youngster feeling very small or very insignificant, and um, you know you have a like this, uh, I just remember having like a sweat breaking out in a cold sweat yeah and, and your heart's racing feeling like you could, right yeah racing um and then forget it you know just get tunnel vision you just kind of lose focus of what's going on around you um yeah yeah it's not it wasn't fun school yeah. that type of environment was not fun and um, how were you able definitely. to how were you able to manage it throughout the years like because um well I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, I didn't. Um, mm-hmm. I think I. Uh, I probably. You know, my my 
something else was going on in my life, which kind of overshadowed it, believe it or not. My mom passed away when I was in third grade. Oh, I was so nine years old. Uh, she had uh, cancer and she died. Oh so, you know, honestly, I, 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 I'm not sure what was worse. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, yeah. the death of your parent is, is worse, but mm-hmm. at that age, I'm not sure what. I, I think I kind of like this in my own brain says it kind of well, screw it it doesn't matter anyway yeah. um and then in fourth grade i went to a special class and that was just terrible it was just awful um again we're talking in the 70s uh we were put in with kids who had emotional problems maybe i had an emotional problem too i don't know but yeah. um i was bullied um terrible um and uh it was a small class it was not in a different different school for me like a different school um district mm-hmm. i'm in connecticut and the schools are run by the towns mm-hmm. so you go to an elementary school based upon the town or the um your neighborhood yeah well all the kids went on one bus i went on a different bus and oh. then when i got to that school when i got to that school it was in a it was in a room kind of like off way off in the one end of the building yeah yeah um you know, I was isolated, and there was kids there that were older. I was one of the younger ones, being at four, it was four, five, it was four, fourth, fifth, and sixth grades. Mm-hmm. The town had the elementary school go to sixth grade, and um, so it was. You know, I really can't tell you how I dealt with it. Um, yeah. I think, uh, it, I think maybe it, it wasn't the only kind of I don't say the I don't say the only good thing, but a good thing about being in a different classroom was that went away. That what we were just talking about, the the, yeah. the embarrassment of not being able to read out loud or Yeah. Um everybody's looking at me because basically everybody's the same. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think. No, for sure. No, I understand that completely. And I think, um, uh, Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay, good. Because I know sometimes we get cut out. No, no. Yeah, no, no. You started to say it. You um, asked me a question, I said. Yeah, I was going to ask you something. Like, what what resources do you remember in, it doesn't matter through, like, high school or elementary, what resources did you have? Because this is a great comparison um, from when you were growing up to my growing up. Yeah. I would like to know what resources. It is or it isn't? It, like, it's a good it, comparison. It a great... Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so... um initially going back to the early days of elementary school mm-hmm. um i'll go to a different uh get um i forgot what they call it like a resource room for mm-hmm. for reading and spelling and writing yeah. and you have a one-on-one hour or probably maybe a little bit more maybe a little bit less i really don't know uh, time with a with a resource teacher oh. um and and then when i was in the um the class Mm-hmm. for fourth fifth and sixth grade you're there all day and you did all the subjects there so it was math uh reading english science social studies or you know everything was done in that one room mm-hmm. and then in sixth grade i really didn't for some reason i, I was i was okay in um academically from um, science so i took science with the other sixth grades yeah. sixth graders in a mainstream class but um 
yeah, that was it. And they, and they, uh, let's see, what, what did we do over there? I'm really going way back in the recesses here. Um, we had, you just had spelling words and you had to sit there with a the teacher one on a lot of one on one. It was a very small group with, um, two or three. Mm-hmm. Fewer than a, than a standard class. And, um, you just did your schoolwork. I, I really don't know what else to say. Um, at that point, there were no computers. Yeah. Um, there were no um, technology. Was nothing like mm-hmm. now, of course. But even just a few years later, and then um, I moved in uh, sixth grade, between sixth and seventh grade, to a different town. And I, I don't know how they do schools in Canada, but the United States is it's not, all the towns aren't the same. Yeah. Some of them had, at that time, elementary school that go to sixth grade, and some had them go to fifth grade. And the ones that um, I moved to, the elementary schools went to fifth grade. Oh. So so I went to a middle school when I moved, where if I stayed in the same place, I would have gone to a junior high. Yeah, okay. So, so I went to a place where they, the middle school was six sevenths and eight mm-hmm. leaving a, a town that had junior highs of, of uh seven and eighth grade now i think that's more common now um but i could be wrong i don't i really don't know if that was just what i experienced or that was the norm yeah um so when i went to the new town which was called which is called Newtown, um ironically <laughs> The, uh, I was mainstream for everything but English. Yeah. So I, so I went to all the same classes as everyone else, Mm -hmm. but I went to a separate English class and the, um, and that was true for a portion of eighth grade. And then I went mainstream English and, but I had, um, sixth and seventh grade we had um excuse me i'm sorry seventh and eighth grade had like a resource available so one of my say i'd go to this other class where we'd work on the the homework and and things from i think you're cutting in and out (laughs) okay i said um i had also had a a class where instead of having a free period or a a um an elective mm-hmm. class like a music or art i would go to a resource class where you work on your homework or a project or something from your other academic classes oh okay so if i had to write a paper you'd get help there and um at that time with the writing what would teach write down what i said mm-hmm. so I'd dictate a, a paper oh. as opposed to uh typing it or writing it myself yeah um and then uh in high school i took all regular classes um my town had um had college prep classes which were called 10 weight uh mm-hmm. five weight was standard which was like non-college and then zero was um remedial mm-hmm. and then 20 weight was honors and then they had ap or advanced placement which was college credit mm. um, so I took um, pretty much all 10 weight classes. I think I took 
one or two five weight classes. Um, but I always took an extra English class, which was a special education class. Yeah. And then again, I had that same structured study hall available uh-huh. um, where the teachers would help with homework or reinforcing what you were doing in the other academic classes. Um, in one class, I think I was able to photocopy another student's notes mm-hmm. to help study um, instead of so I could just listen and not have to worry about taking notes. Uh, I took Latin, did okay, and not, not, I probably was, what do they call it, socialized, socially advanced um, as opposed to actually passing it. The, uh, and took, um, I took an honors physics class, took an honors music theory um, so, it was, you know, that, that's the resources. Now, in high, in high school, that's when computers started to show up. Yeah. And um, you have these floppy disk drives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. I, I was um, like, um, <laughs> So, one of the things that I was able to do is have access to those mm-hmm. where other students didn't. So, you know, I learned how to use a PC or personal computer kind of ahead of the curve. Oh. And um, I mean, they were they were Macs. They were or no, they were Apples. Excuse me, Apple Two E's or something like that. Apple Two E's. Like I don't remember. Yeah. But um, pre Macintosh, uh, big big things with little screen green screens <laughs> and um, big wide, you know, five and a half inch floppy yeah. disks. <laughs> and the uh, so I learned to type that way. Uh, um, learn how to use word processor that was a big that was a big help mm-hmm. and, you know one of the things that this is a something i took away and i remember very well they, somebody they always said if you ever have a job where you're gonna have to write don't worry about it because you'll have a secretary that'll take dictation that's true <laughs> well not well is it I, i've never i, I write all day long, I've never had a secretary available. It depends and, um, on the position, I guess. <laughs> well, as I moved up, they they were eliminated. They oh were crap! Personal computers, and that's kind of what I was gonna get to later on. But um, yeah. So that in mind, like things the way they are now, they don't stay the same. Mm-hmm. And so, so technology is um, changes things for good and and bad um for me anyway the uh and then in college i went to state university mm. um and there i had to get retested again and i took um i wanted i was going to be an engineering major but you know one of the other things that no, nobody ever gave me was good advice on 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 what to do and i and i think everything was always preparing you for the next grade yeah and and not much beyond that mm-hmm. um so when you when you thinking and looking at schools beyond your public compulsory school um, in the united states and i'm sure it's similar in canada probably mm-hmm. a little bit different in the in the uk but think you know pick pick your schools wisely i didn't i went to a large university um, it was a research school and the professors wanted to do research 
not necessarily teach, maybe teach their other people who are excelling in their field. Um, they, you know, the classes are huge, auditorium style seating, and they just go, they don't stop. They don't stop for anything. And um, they have weed out classes, which was shocking to me. You know, they, they want you to not, they don't say they don't, they, everybody wants you to do well, but they don't make it easy. You know, you take a test that has four questions on it in chemistry, and if you don't do show your work right, you know, the whole thing doesn't, is shot. Um, that type of stuff. So, and then the other thing is they're, they're, they're workers. Um, some of them are the rudest, arrogant people you ever meet in life, and other ones are the kindest, most understanding, helpful people you'll ever meet in your life. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, and, and I think, uh, I know when my kids went to college, they, they researched the professors, the class, yeah. uh, you know, how they graded and things like that. That, that wasn't a thing then. Yeah. So take it, sure. you know, do that. Um, do that. I wanted to ask um, you, what interests you? Like, what was your career options that you thought? Because I know sometimes, like for me, when I was going through high school, I was just like, what do I do? What do I do? Like, yeah. what am I capable well, of doing? What were your options? Well, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I, um, I didn't, I didn't plan on getting into what I got into. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I, I, I probably would, if you were to, would have asked. I don't know if we cut out. Are you still there? Hello, Josh. Hello, Josh. Not sure. Like business. I didn't stick with the family. I kind of went and did my own thing. It was kind of like what was available at the time. Uh, it was a milder recession going on. Um, so it wasn't like there were a lot of opportunities. Um, I did not do well in college. I didn't graduate. I, I went for five and a half years. I got 105 credits and failed out. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was, and again, I was, I bit off more than I can chew. I, I was um, going to school full and part-time, different semesters, I had multiple jobs. Um, I joined the National Guard, which is um, a reserve component of the United States uh, military. Yeah. Um, and then I, I did something really crazy. I went to Officers Candidate School, oh. which is um, to become a commissioned officer. Oh, wow. So I, I was completely overextended. Um, and it was kind of all over the place. You know, that's probably the ADD part, you know, the ADHD part. I was just a little thing here, a little thing there trying yeah. to, yeah, that sounds great. Go yeah. for it, you know, be the be all you can be and, you know, charge ahead. And so, <laughs> excuse me. Um, I, I, I love that. That was a lot of fun. Um, but you needed a, I got, I, when I got commissioned, you needed 60 credits mm -hmm. and that would take you, you you'd be able to, it, get promoted to um uh captain but while before i made that far they changed the rules and said you had to have the four-year degree to oh. get captain and it's kind of a, a weird if you're not used to the military they have this thing go up or out where you if you don't get promoted by a certain time you're you get rifted out you get thrown out oh, and wow. then um but you had to be at your rank a certain amount of time in order to be eligible yeah so I just fell in this weird window where I was so close um, 
uh, I would never, I would time out before I would be able to get promoted. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I started a family. I didn't plan it out, um, kind of lived spontaneously at the time. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, and, and, and that, and then uh, got into the insurance thing. Um, and, uh, you know, when I started there, I looked at people ahead, like you said, well, it depends on your position. Well, the position I'm in now, back then, yeah, they did have that secretary taking <laughs> dictation. They did have people working with them to do the menial tasks. And that's what I was doing back then, the, the paperwork and the filling out of the forms and the <clears throat> real administratively heavy things. Uh, and as time went on, as I moved up, well, there was there, nobody's coming up behind me, so to speak. So, and then computers came in and, you know, then you had this thing called email came out um, and everybody got a computer on their desk, not just the uh, secretaries. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So <clears throat> um, and now the, 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 it's a very thin operation and either very, very little backup and everybody's expected to do almost everything. Um, I get, um, you know, the, the bad part of the technology, for example, is uh, up to 400 emails a day. Oh my God. And it's just insane. You just can't, um, most, a good portion of them are don't have to look at. It. I'm not saying like each one has to be read, but you still have to look at it to decide whether it has to be read. Yeah. And, um, I'm not talking about spam or junk. These are legitimate emails. Some are just information that has to be filed that that secretary or that assistant would file mm -hmm. 25 years ago. Um, and then a good portion of them are just FYIs, read this and understand it. And other ones are really complicated contracts that you have to read and, and respond to and comment on. Um, so it, it, it's, uh, things changed. Yeah, definitely. Um, sure. You know, it's a good business. So I've never gotten laid off. I've never gotten fired. I was always been able, I've always moved ahead and advanced. And so on that side, it's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's really good. It's stable. I've got a good life. Mm -hmm. Um, own a home. I've raised three kids all very, don't have dyslexia and, yeah. um, doing well. My daughter has a master's degree and, Wow. Son's in the Air Force, and other son works uh, full time. He got a great job, and they're all happy. You know, that's the most important thing. Um, For sure. So, you know, it's, it's um, I think I think it's it goes back to that feeling which you mentioned in the beginning about second grade. Mm -hmm. You get this embarrassed feeling of, oh, why did you do that, or why didn't you say that, or something like that. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. So. Am I answering, like, take up too much time there? Or? No, no, you're doing good. Okay. No, for sure. Okay. Um, but what, what I, uh, sorry, <laughs> what I wanted to ask you is what kept you motivated? Like, was there something in your mind that you're just like, oh, I, I just have to do something that I like? Or was it something, like, what was your motivation? Who was your support system? Did you have any? Hello, Josh. I'm not sure if you're there. Hello, Josh. Hello. 
podcasting life, everyone. I think we lost Josh. We got poor internet connection going on. Josh. Hello. Hello. Oh, I think we lost him, everyone. We did lose him. We did lose him. Oh, my goodness. Oops. <laughs> so as I'm waiting for Josh, Josh to jump on, I... I've see I've learned a lot because in the system um the system from back in the day to what it is now has changed a bit from what it seems like but I don't know what it is now for future generation with people um with kids or adults with dyslexia um I was really intrigued by it because it seems like it was kind of the same as my upbringing and when I was diagnosed in 1996, um, it was kind of like the same concept. We always were put into these little classes and, you know, um, we, it seems like he had more teacher attention than what I did. Um, it seems like they had more one-on-one -on -one time opposed to what I had though. So I don't know if it's because of the size of the class, like if there were just four or three, I believe he mentioned. And for me, it was like, um, minimum three to like 10, 12, but it was, it, you had to give attention to different kids too, not just dyslexics. It was, excuse me, kids with a second language who just recently came to this country and then you're dealing with uh, children with other di different disabilities. I can't talk today. This is crazy. I'm just trying to send them an email and this is what it's like podcasting. So I thank you to all my listeners. Um, for being very patient um this is that's josh's story and the glimpse of it um how you know this is our life um everyone's dyslexic dyslexia is different from others dyslexics i feel like i'm in a tongue twister and it, what intrigues me the most about this is I want people to realize that it's not just me going through this um, this journey. There's so many of us. And the iDyslexia app, which is founded by Brandon from Ireland, I believe he's from Ireland, which I'm going to have to get him on the show so he can explain more. Um, it's fantastic to meet all these people because I shared my stories. I've shared my, like the way things were were in that time when I was diagnosed and how there wasn't really much resources and that's it for now and thanks for listening on a little bit of everything with me